0: Thanks for tuning in to Men for the Win, a podcast hosted by David Kufis and Dan Thompson, two avid fans who appreciate well-played baseball. Especially when it's done by the Twins. Men for the Win is sponsored by The Grand Group with Edina Realty. Are you looking to purchase a new home in the Twin Cities area? Or perhaps you're trying to sell your current home. Whether you're upsizing or downsizing, The Grand Group with Edina Realty will meet all of your housing needs. Contact The Grand Group by emailing The Grand G-R-A-N, Group at EdinaRealty.com or call them by phone at 612 817 8751. The Grand Group with Edina Realty, three time Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine Super Agent Award winners. On this episode, David and Dan recap the Twins three-game series against the Cleveland Indians. Thanks for listening. Enjoy. Thanks for tuning in to Men for the Win. My name is David Kupis, and with me always is Dan Thompson. The Twins continue this massive winning streak they happen to be on four straight series victories. I just got a text prior to recording. Hoags texted me, Dan, and he said that he he was scoping out the wild card standings to see how close his Minnesota Twins
1: were. Is that why you've got them posted here? Now, for the record, the Twins are 54 and 67, and they are 14 games out of the wild card. So
0: here's the thing. Like, I get that the Twins are playing really well here, and I am just as confused as most people are, but to really think about looking at those wild card standings, really, shouldn't we be ahead of the Tigers and the Indians in our division before we start scoping out that wild card?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's one heck of a race for that third place spot in the division (laughs) right now uh, with the Indians and the Tigers and the Twins and the the Royals. They're all within seven games of each other, right? That's fun.
0: Yeah, that seems pretty fun, and I do have to say, these baseball games, Dan, for a team that's fourth in their division, it's hard to get more exciting
1: well it was fun and we had a chance obviously this during this homestand to go to a game together uh yes. but what a very encouraging homestand and, and i guess we'll see what they can do going forward maybe maybe they can win 75 80 games
0: maybe i honestly i don't think it's that out of the question but let's uh with that let's jump into our series recap series recap game one Kicking off the excitement for the series here, Twins come away with this one 5-4 in extra innings. Polanco with the walk-off winner. I just don't know what to say, Dan. Polanco is a hitting machine when, when
1: ice is required in veins. He was just at the forefront of so many moments in this series, right? Including the the walk-off here in this one. Whenever he steps up to the plate in a key spot, I feel like he's going to get a hit. It feels that way, right? It just, he seems like, I'm going to be the guy. And I do wonder, I
0: was thinking about this a little bit. How much of that do you think is because Buxton is injured? Like, do you think Buxton being on the field would impact how Polanco is playing now at all? I don't I think it's a I hard question, question to answer.
1: But. In the sense, because I look at this lineup and right now, you know, the guys who stand out as being veteran guys for the team, right, is really just Kepler, Polanco, Sano, I mean, Donaldson and, and Donaldson, but, but he's a veteran in his own right. He's not so much a veteran on, you know, he hasn't played yes, with the yes, as long fair as those point, guys. Fair point. So it's yeah. kind of that trio of guys who were part of the core that we had high hopes for, um, yes. but he is, he has emerged as clearly I don't want to say the only clutch guy because Kepler's had a lot of clutch hits too, yes. but he's the leader of that group. Seems
0: that way. Yeah, and he is making it more difficult, I think, for me to write off next
1: season. David, yeah. just be careful about I that. Know,
0: I know I we'll, know. We'll we'll get into that a little bit later here. But this this was a great game on a lot of fronts. Jacks had 6 innings pitched, only 2 earned runs, 2 walks, 3 strikeouts. Season ERA at 5.11. But the thing is, Dan, the guy keeps getting better with each start, and he's making it very difficult on that front office to not give him a spot next year.
1: Yeah, I think if we look at his recent stint really because I think earlier on he he gave up he had some pretty big clunkers in yes, his first yes. you know five or six games but really he's been steady I was surprised his ERA is so high right now because yes. of how well he's been pitching
0: but you know how bad he was so I mean, <laughs> yeah, helps yes. when you look back at some of his early box scores in the game log you're like okay okay this ERA makes sense
1: so this was a very back and forth game which made it really exciting um, yes tied at four going into the seventh the eighth and the ninth and the 10th, and then the Twins are able to, to win it in the 10th. They've been so good in extra innings, as, as we saw here at, after that abomination of, what, 0-8? I guess maybe yeah. Rocco was right, where they just needed to keep waiting to get hits, because now they're getting them.
0: They are seeming to get those hits. And so <laughs> Maeda did get a chance to get into this game as a pinch runner again. He just, Dan, he really wants to show the wheels off.
1: I love using the pinch runner pitcher. And by the way, how slow is Donaldson right now that they're, that Maeda oh, <laughs> is the better option? We, run for him.
0: we talked about this last episode, but it's like, truly, Donaldson shouldn't be running anywhere. Every time he has to have an opportunity where he actually is going to need to advance, they seem to run for him.
1: Maybe they can have like a designated runner for him <laughs> at all times too, right? Can it be Maeda? We're going in the opposite direction as opposed to what we
0: talked about a couple episodes <laughs> ago, the AL taking, taking away the DH. Now we're adding in the, the DR. It's going to be should... great.
1: So the Twins do win this one 5-4, to four, and they do it despite four errors. This is a terrible yeah. defensive series for the Twins. They had eight in the series. You
0: know, it's a bad season for the Twins, Dan, from the, from the defensive perspective. It's not just this series. Now, granted, this series was exceptionally terrible, but the season on a whole, it's a rough, rough outing from the defensive perspective.
1: Well, so, but there was in game two, Rob Snyder. Had one heck of a catch. My goodness, did he look like a center fielder, Dan? Let me tell you. To be fair, there are sometimes spectacular plays in defense that look spectacular because the guy just wasn't fast enough. Correct. Right? Like there yes. are plays that Byron Buxton will make in center where Jake Cave would be making well, he wouldn't even be close enough like he wouldn't be close enough to dive. Right? <laughs> yeah. So yes. so is that ref center play? Where does that land for you, that catch in you- center? I agree with you
0: 100% that there are cases like that. This one really looked like he was going flat out. Now, granted, again, anytime we're comparing anyone to Buxton, I think that's a rough call, especially sure. on the defensive side of the ball. So, But I think Rob Refsnyder snyder versus an average center fielder, I think he played that ball as adequately as most center fielders in the league would have played it.
1: He had issues offensively. The Twins had issues offensively in this game. They were 0-9 for 9 with runners in scoring position in a game that, that arguably they, they could have won, and it kind of spoiled a good start from Bailey Ober.
0: Well, it really did. So Ober had six innings pitched, two earned runs, three strikes. Out his season ERA now at 4.38. Again, these young guys, Dan, showing that they want to compete next year.
1: And then did you see Polanco's 16 pitch at bat?
0: Yeah, my goodness. I fell asleep. I woke up and he was still batting. It was amazing.
1: (laughs) Well, it reminded me of Caleb Fielbar had a 19 pitch at bat against a Cardinals hitter a year or two ago. I love battles like that, but I can't help but think like, look at all the wasted pitches. Oh my gosh, how is this guy going to get out of this inning? You know what I mean?
0: Yes. Well, and it seemed like one of those things, especially with the way Polanco has been playing, it would have been nice to have a more successful end to that at bat.
1: He's been so great at fouling off pitches that he doesn't like.
0: The reason why this game was so disappointing Pointing was because one obviously they won game one in game three but in game two you're going up against Cleveland's least effective pitcher more or less so Eli Morgan he's got an ERA of 5.8 granted the twins earlier this season would have loved a guy who had an ERA of 5.8 but so to go 0 for 9 granted pitchers have on days and off days so that's certainly some of it but I do wish the twins could have taking care of business against really the most ineffective pitcher that Cleveland put on the mound this series.
1: I think you're getting greedy, David. They
0: they took two of three from the Indians. See, it's harder for me to not care about these losses when the team starts to look like, okay, this is what we're going to see as a product next year. You know what I'm saying? Yeah,
1: that's true. That's the
0: hardest part. So for me, yes, does it matter in the long run this season? No. But I think my mind wants them to perform well in these in these series because this is telling us whether they're going to be successful next year,
1: and that is exciting to see how they finish down the stretch here. Let's yes. um, let's go to game three. Another great baseball. Well, it may be not as great of a baseball game, but it's certainly <laughs> another exciting finish.
0: Yeah. So Twins win this one, eight seven. In the bottom of the eleventh, uh, they probably should have won this in nine innings, but they gave up two in the top of the ninth. Well. Colome did, and Cleveland the first five innings scored one run in each inning. It's like that's not a box score you see all that often, Dan.
1: No, that's pretty remarkable. I'm trying to think what that would be. Would that that be more like a like a par th- like a putt putt score or something <laughs> yeah, like that? Like that's if a lot really of hole in ones, Dan. I, just, I don't want to go I mean, off with you. I guess my goodness. <laughs> well, I would be more like the well anyway. But the Twins, I was. I mean, they came back. They scored five runs in the fifth to take the lead. With finally some clutch hitting after wasting opportunities earlier in the game.
0: Six for 14 with runners in scoring position in this game. Still leaving 11 guys on base. Granted, some of that's because some of those guys on base were given to them by stupid
1: MLB rules. And a towering home run by Miguel Sano earlier. That was nuts, man. I don't know if I've ever seen a baseball hit to that part of the right field center field stands.
0: I think Jim Tomey hit one near there. But other than that, yeah, that that was definitely one of the few that's made
1: it to that section of seats. The, the Twins certainly, I think, did enough to win this game. It's just, you're right, it, this should have been over. Colomay should not have had those issues. I'm tired of him throwing a cutter in the dirt, like, what, three pitches in a row there to score yeah. the tying run? I mean, you got to throw something else there at that point.
0: That that was rough. And, like, to give up that walk and then just the way he was spiking the ball, it's like— I know, even if you're going to walk the guy, that's fine. But you cannot you cannot let the ball get past the catcher in that instance.
1: But credit the bullpen after Lewis Thorpe could only give them an inning and a third. I mean, they went through seven relief pitchers after that, and, and they got the win.
0: Yeah, this was pretty remarkable. The thing that's hard, though, is that before the game, the Twins announced that the first game against the Yankees, which that series starts tomorrow, would be a bullpen
1: game. It says now that Gantt is going to get the start, at least uh, oh my. is what it says on the website. It's so finally, finally happening, chance.
0: finally. Gets his chance. I've been asking for so long, and now it's finally going to happen.
1: No, I hope he has a great start, but of all the places to get another start, Yankee Stadium.
0: It's a rough draw, certainly. It reminds me of back when we had this Uber driver pitching for us in the postseason. Oh, I yes, mean, yes. Ah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. But here's, uh,
1: okay, but, okay, and th- that gets to a point here. The Twins are winning these games and these series against great teams, and in years past. Well, hang, hang on, the Indians have been great
0: teams. Mm. I shouldn't,
1: you're right. I shouldn't say the, I shouldn't lump those in, but but the previous three opponents, right? Agreed. The agreed. Astros, the Rays, and the White Sox, they're winning these series when nothing is on the line. Yes. And now when something's on, or in, in previous years, when something's on the line, they choke. So, uh, to be a Twins fan, they're winning these games with guys who you've never heard of before. Dan. I, know, like, I know.
0: that's the thing that's maybe the most confusing about why the success is happening now. If you told me that the Twins finally got healthy, they had all their guys on oh, the team. Are you doing this again? You're doing the. If you, finally, I'm not asking you, you a question. Me. I'm not asking you a question ever again, Dan. Okay. That's what's so true. This is happening. a
1: hypothetical phrase. Is, you're gonna go. No, no, no.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Look what you've You done. just started a phrase, no, if you told me. Yes, if you told me, if you told me that the Twins were finally healthy and then they won those three series and then they beat the Indians as well here, I would understand. I'd be like, okay, this makes sense. They finally start to click. But if you told me the Twins won a game where they had to use nine different bullpen pitchers Three of which you hadn't heard of until two weeks ago. I probably would have said, no, you're nuts.
1: See what you did there? So you you posed your own hypothetical to yourself. Yeah, because you I refused.
0: No, of course not. Of course not. I'm not going to ask you any more questions, Dan. Forget that. <laughs> that train has left the station. I hope you like talking to yourself and, and just coming up with your own answers to questions
1: that weren't asked. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go to Puckett's Picks You're A bright spot for you.
0: Oh, I, Did, love one, we, I love this one, Dan. I love this one so much. We were so texting much. before
1: the show. I was doing the math. I was certain that there was no way I would lost this week with Polanco oh. and the way he had played. But I... You... Uh. You got me on a tiebreaker. Could, if it was the other tiebreaker, would I have won? Would I have you won know, strikeouts? I, didn't, I didn't
0: even check the strikeouts here because I knew that Kepler had the only home run.
1: I'm going to come up with my own tiebreaker, I think, <laughs> for this one. I'm going to say uh, walk-off hits. That, walk-off, that's the that's, tiebreaker. That's, that's the tiebreaker. So I know you win this one. We each had. So I had Polanco. You had Kepler. Our listeners had a rise, and it was close. It eight was. for Polanco, eight for Kepler, seven for a rise. But the first tiebreaker is home runs. Kepler had that leadoff home run. And so you are back on the winning side of Puckett's picks, David.
0: Yeah, I was pretty surprised. Like, I knew that Kepler had some points after game one. And I thought, hey, I got a real good shot here. And then game two and game three happened. And I'm thinking, ooh, this is not looking so good for me. But Polanco just couldn't do enough to capture the victory for you, Dan.
1: I'm sorry about that. I, I needed a walk-off home run today. I needed a grand yes. slam. And then yes. and then I would have had it. So come on, Polanco. Well, so now in the season, I am at 12. The listeners are at 11. And you have extended your lead for the first time in like a month. Um, you have 15. So you have a three-game lead now on me and a four-game lead on the listeners.
0: I'm quite excited because I tend to be pretty streaky, apparently. And so this is just the beginning, Dan Thompson.
1: Let's hope it's not. All right, let's go ahead to Beast versus Bench. Beast. <laughs> Versus bench. It's losing fun. Is losing fun
0: yet again, man? These series where the twins are winning, it gets harder and harder to choose a beast when you have so many options.
1: Yeah, and and I decided I, I can't go with Polanco here <laughs> just because I you I get criticized because he was my no, pick and Puckett's pick. I would never. So, So I'm going to concede that probably Polanco is the play. I think he's the obvious one, but I'm going to go with Miguel Sano, actually, because if you take a series view of this and you look at the rubber matches being kind of the most important in in some sense to winning the series, right? So I'm going to pick Sano because he had a two out double to knock in a couple and he had that towering home run. And without those, I don't know that they're able to climb back into this game because that rally kept going in the fifth inning after Sano hit the double.
0: Yeah, as you texted me uh, that, that Kepler had struck out twice in one inning.
1: Well, I had to just make sure that you knew he was oh for six today yeah david.
0: it was a rough it was a rough day to be a kepler Puckett's pick picker let me tell you Dan.
1: so anyway david who's your beast
0: yeah so i'm gonna go with polanco on this one i do think that he he just is that player right now he's the guy you want up at bat when the game is on the line and he continues to come through granted he needed two opportunities in game three to do it <laughs> but he did get the job done and i, I do want to point out to your pick of Sano. I 100% agree with you. I think that he's a great pick because he had some very, very important at-bats, especially in game three. But I just think Polanco, two different walk-off hits, Dan. Pretty hard not to give him the beast moniker.
1: Well, I agree. And, And anyway, and what about your bench? (laughs) Yeah, so I'm because <laughs> I feel like you've said the same thing you just said about Polanco about your guy on the bench.
0: So this is a little bit bizarro world here because I'm doing the opposite that Dan Thompson typically would do. So Thank I you. took my yes. guy who won me Puckett's picks and I put him on the bench actually here. So <laughs> I'm going to give it to Kepler. He game one was great, scored a lot of points, got on base a ton. But he has seemed very, very inconsistent this season. And this series is no different. So again, in game one, he goes one for three, but he had three walks. So it's like one for three with three walks. Well, you'll take that every day. And then game two, he had a walk, but he went 0 for 3. And then game three here, he went 0 for 6, as we already mentioned, with two strikeouts. If you're going to be one of those core members of the team that's going to show that this team can be successful next season, you can't be this guy who's only active one out of every three games, and you're terrible in the other games. We have other guys like that, and (laughs) Kepler, you can't be that guy.
1: Especially when you're leading off, because then all of those struggles are really exacerbated. When you're 0 for 6, that looks pretty ugly. Um, Absolutely. Who do you got on your bench? I went with Rev Snyder, and this is kind of despite his catch in game two, which ultimately, I guess, didn't really matter. Um, That's fair. In, in, in an ultimate sense. But he has had this opportunity now with Larnak sent down and with as we're waiting for Buxton to return to the lineup. I mean, Ref Snyder went hitless in this series, and I do appreciate what he brings. But I, I think, I, again, we've seen this with with Jake Cave in those in those desperate moments. Jake Cave seems to do just enough to stay on the roster. Ref Snyder needs to do something in this next series against the Yankees. I think to keep his spot.
0: Well, and the Yankees are his old team, so hopefully that gives him a little bit
1: of extra fire under him. I agree. And here's the thing: he's still hitting almost 300 on the season. I mean, he has he's had a good performance overall. I just think this is a rough series for him.
0: Yeah, well, let's go uh, forward here. Talk about Racco.
1: Rocco's rewind. So I think for Rocco, and and we talked before whether this is actually his decision. But I'm gonna I'm gonna say that sending Trevor Larnack down to AAA was the right call in this moment yeah. for the way that he has struggled. Because I think the Twins, you know, with, with the season being as it is, I think they need Larnack to be able to reformulate his swing, figure things out, and then hopefully come back at the end of the season and finish the year with the twins with a little bit more confidence kind of in the way they've done with other guys this season like Rooker
0: yeah I mean if he can't figure it out truly and let's say he doesn't get called up back in the fall I don't know what to tell you Dan
1: I don't know that he makes the team next season it depends on, on the moves that they make, if they're able to, you know, if Buxton is still with the team. Um, but you've got to think Kirilov has, has a spot somewhere, either at first Certainly. base or in the outfield. And, you know, and Kepler there, too. So you're right. That doesn't leave a lot of space for Larnock if he's not going to be outstanding and earn its spots where he's valuable as that fourth outfielder or, or whatever, wherever he fits in the rotation, rather than getting regular at-bats in AAA.
0: It is fun to at least be talking about this, that
1: guys need to earn their
0: spots, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Who's, what's your Rocco? Rewind.
0: So here's my question to Rocco. Now, you have Luisa Rise, who is arguably one of the best leadoff hitters in baseball, one of the best contact hitters, one of the highest on-base percentages and batting averages in baseball. And you have him batting in Game 1. You have him in the fifth spot. Game 2, you have him in the fifth spot. Game 3, you have him in the fifth spot. Now, if you look at the top of the lineup here, Game 1, Kepler-Rooker-Polanco. Game 2, Kepler-Rooker-Polanco. Game 3, Kepler-Rooker-Polanco. Why on earth, Dan Thompson? Why on earth... Does Rooker deserve more at-bats than Luis Arise does in any given game? Ever. Ever. Dan Thompson.
1: Well, and you missed Donaldson bet in fourth there, too. I mean, they, it was three games in a row with the same top five. I I don't remember them doing that almost all season. Um, I will answer your question, though. I, I think it's perhaps Cause it's not about... hypothetical.
0: Because no, it's not I... hypothetical, so you'll answer me this time, I, Dan?
1: I think it's more about a lefty-righty balance and just going every other, right? Well, the... Because you got oh, Kepler. So, would
0: you, would you rather have Arise at the top of the well, line for Kepler? Well, no.
1: No. I... I think I'd rather have Arise at the top of the lineup, but I think that they're finding that Kepler is better. <sighs> this is a, that is a, it's that's tough a, to argue with your logic here, David. That's I, I what don't I'm know saying. that I can. Well,
0: and we've had this argument for like two years now, Dan, about how the starting lineup should work as far as who's leading off. And it's always this combination of guys. It's either Arise, Kepler, or Polanco. But number two spot was held down by Donaldson when he was healthy. But now it's one of those things, Dan, where why is it right now happening that this Rooker guy who's currently hitting 202, He's hitting 202. Kepler's hitting 205, but Kepler was out for a decent stint of the season here. Why on earth is a rise not batting higher in the lineup?
1: For consistency? To try to give Rooker a chance to lock in a position, but yeah, I, don't I don't like it. I, I think you no. got to move him down lower because they moved Larnack down lower when he was struggling. Why aren't they doing the same thing for Rooker? They even moved Kepler down lower in the lineup at other times when he was struggling. Yeah,
0: it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So Rocco, get your priorities straight here. Put the guy who you know is likely to get on base. Up at the top of the lineup.
1: Well, let's move into Minnesota moment. <laughs> Minnesota moment. So you, you've you got some good ones here, but but I think one of yours is predicated on, on what I'm going to say. So here in game three, in the 10th and the 11th inning, when the Twins bullpen held the Indians without any runs, they got out of some jams and they were able to give the Twins chances to win the game kind of with less pressure in the 10th and the 11th, where all they got to do is get one run to win. And if they don't, they at least get to come out there again. I think they've been doing that more consistently. And that was a big moment for a bullpen that has struggled in earlier parts of the season.
0: Yeah, I think that the biggest play was when the Indians bunted the runners over the twins still managed to keep them from scoring.
1: Yeah, that was really impressive. Because then you notice, I mean, Simmons tried to bunt in one of those innings yes. and fouled it back to the catcher. Um, that was
0: that. It's always so heartbreaking because it just shows what a lost art bunting is. What are your mo- moments here? Yeah, well, so I think I'm going to go with Polanco's walk off in Game One felt more exciting to me. I'm mm-hmm. not exactly sure why. Maybe just because it was, I didn't have to wait an extra inning for it. And in Game Three, he, again, he needed two chances in order to get that walk off hit. But Polanco's walk-off in Game 1, just because of the way the previous three series had gone and the way that we'd always seem to lose Game 1, that is, the Twins would always seem to lose Game 1, to win Game 1 made it seem like, oh my, maybe the Twins could get a sweep here.
1: What a great way to end the homestand that would have been to sweep the Indians. All right, well, let's look at Maurer's Musings. I just don't know how it can get any better. Mauers Musings.
0: Well, I'm, I'm going to have you start off, Dan, because mine, yours is, is a much more practical, in-the-now sort of question.
1: Sure. So Byron Buxton should be back soon within the next week or so. Does his return give this team a chance to compete and get to 500 this season? They're 13 under right now. They've got, they have 42 games left. Can they make up a 13 game gap in 42? It would be impressive if they could, right? That's a lot though, David, isn't it? That's a pretty big
0: Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, if they could get back to 500, that would be very impressive. But if they could, let's just say that they do that. This team has to go all in next season, because next season is truly the last season that you really – really
1: can put your chips on the table right again the way that they've been playing we talked about this road trip being important in the sense that they they never seem to do well against the yankees and red sox um but then they home they have the brewers the cubs the rays the indians the royals the indians it seems like they're always playing divisional foes here i don't know i think they got a shot they're they're not playing a lot of playoff teams i guess i'll put it that way
0: well yeah they're playing mostly the al central so that's what you (laughs)
1: expected and they're done with the one playoff team from the from the
0: central right exactly well and (laughs) Just a shout-out to Hoag's here again, buddy. So I get it. It's fun to imagine some sort of Herculean effort to get the Twins into the postseason somehow this season, which, granted, again, not going to happen. But to put it into a little perspective, we're talking about the Twins getting back to 500. The teams that currently hold the wild card are 14 games above 500. (laughs) So for things things to go in such a way that the Twins make the postseason, literally those teams would all have to cease to exist, more or less.
1: Well, and even with expanded playoffs, right, with an eight-team playoff, that would be the Mariners at 64 and 56. <laughs> They're still 10 and a half back from that. So I, I don't think it's going to happen this year, Hogs. I'm sorry. No,
0: no, it is. it does seem like a, a pretty unlikely scenario for that to take place. But you just know that Dick Bramer is out there saying somewhere, we got we to gotta dig a chunk out of that Yankee wild card lead in this upcoming series.
1: <laughs> God bless him. You know, Dick oh. Bramer and his optimism.
0: Oh, he loves it. He loves it, Dan, here. But yeah, so uh, my my musing is the way this team is performing, especially with the hodgepodge of guys you got coming out of the bullpen and the starting rotation that looks nothing like you thought it would at the beginning of the season, I'm starting to think that this team can compete in 2022. I think even if you just had Buxton back and you had Rogers back, I think, Dan, even if they did not sign a starting pitcher, and let's say they
1: sign two relief arms. I
0: think this team could still
1: compete. So, I don't, we, I don't you think would... you went from saying they needed to sign six pitchers a couple yes. episodes ago yes. to two and they don't even have to be starters. They don't
0: I'm telling you, Dan. <laughs> I'm telling you I am on this train now. My <laughs> my train of thought has changed. And honestly, that's why I think our episodes are getting less goofy as this winning streak continues because I'm starting to look at this team more seriously than I did at like the All-Star break. I'm starting to look at this team as Hey, you know what? This team could be competitive next year. So I'm going to start looking at the games so far. I'm starting to look at the games remaining this year with a little bit more of a serious eye on 2022.
1: I tell you, David. Do you disagree? I I don't necessarily disagree because but it's the I whiplash. believe you've we're,
0: you've pushed back pretty hard on me saying that they need to sign six pitchers.
1: But we're saying we're saying based on a good stretch here, which I told you was coming. Um, <laughs> I, I just don't think you we won't can, let me forget that. I, <laughs> I just don't think goodness. we can. We can throw out the entirety of a 54 and 67 season based on a great homestand, or you know, a great homestand plus just a little bit. I'd love to see how they finish. If if they finish the rest of the, if they have a winning record the rest of the way, then I think I'm on board with you. But I, I could also see this team digressing as these starters have to face teams again and again and again, and they have ways to maybe try to figure that out because being being a great first year pitcher. Is very different than also being a great second year pitcher. That that jump is not always so simple because teams figure out, figure you out. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Okay, well let's uh, let's grade this series, Dan. Series grades. So I, I mock you there, and then I, I have a higher grade than you. Uh, you do. The series Look at here. That. I'm going to say an A minus. You win a series at home against another one of those middling 500 teams. The Twins seem to be playing a lot of in exciting fashion without against, still without Buxton, still without really Donaldson being uh, all that healthy in some sense, and with committing eight errors. So maybe just looking on the the bright side of that, considering how ugly this could have been. Because if they had lost those two games, I'm giving them an F. Uh,
0: Yes, absolutely. So I'm giving them a B plus And I think that, honestly, had this been the first series that they won at the start of this four-series winning streak that they're on... I probably would have given them an A, but now that they're showing that they can be effective, I'm starting to grade a little more harshly. So I'm sure Hoags is out there criticizing me under his breath somewhere for for changing my rubric based upon how I'm feeling that day. But truly, that's how I think it, it is right now. It's a B plus. You took two out of three. You won the c- the series, and you're showing me at least, even if it's not, if no one else is on this belief train here, the Twins are showing me that they can compete in 2022, and I shouldn't be. I shouldn't be down on them competing next year.
1: All right. Well, let's go ahead to Puckett's Picks. And
0: we'll see you tomorrow
1: night. Puckett's Picks. So, David, we, we reached out to one of our listeners who happens to be a Yankees fan. Yes. And I, as much as it pain, I thought maybe he'd take a sabotage pick or something. He'd help me out here. But he took Polanco. So I can't have Polanco this series. He's going to be job. the listener's pick. Good job. So now this leaves me in an awkward spot. Which, I'm going to go back earlier. How did Kepler have eight points when he was <laughs> 0 for 6 in this last game, David? Was I don't he know Was he that what to tell good you. in
0: game one? I'm going to have was, to
1: recheck the map He again.
0: was that good. We've checked that uh, map like four
1: times. I Folks, know, I, honestly,
0: I want to post our text message conversation because Dan tried so hard to convince me that Polanco had nine points. Didn't happen Dan. Uh,
1: I mean, the obvious pick here is a rise because he's batting 300 and something. So that's what I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with Larissa Rise. I'm going to make you make the outlandish pick again. Maybe you can pick somebody who's going to get sent to AAA tomorrow.
0: Nope, we're going with Kepler again. You uh, left him for me. I'm going to take right. Kepler again. This is something I did earlier in the season, and he did not disappoint, and I am convinced, Dan. I am
1: convinced he's on his way. All right. Well, they're they're going to face some pretty good pitchers here, so it's going to be a good test for these guys. I wanted to pick Sano, but I just think Sano's going to strike out a lot against the Yankees pitchers.
0: Uh, very likely that he'll strike out. It should be noted, though, that a lot of people are writing articles about how Sano is playing for his job next year. Sano is really starting to show that he can still be effective and I don't know that I don't know that I'm ready to write him off as much as I was even 2 months ago.
1: I'm not either and I don't I don't really agree that he's playing for his job. He has played pretty dang well actually over the last month or two. He's become actually a pretty seasoned hitter. I don't want to say he's a great hitter, but I want to say he's actually got a ton of career at bats now and I'm really hoping this is we've seen the early David Ortiz and now we're going to see the MVP, <laughs> David Ortiz. I didn't like where the logic of it, that was you going. Heard first, you no, heard it here first, folks. No, that's not what I'm Miguel saying. Miguel
0: Sano, 2022 al mvp it's happening <laughs> dan thompson called it not only the guy who compares buxton to punto and buxton to trout now you have <laughs> miguel sano your al mvp 2022 the david ortiz of your get excited folks about miguel sano buy the jerseys now they're going to be going for thousands on ebay a couple of years from now let me tell you
1: well it's not too late for the twins to trade him so <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't put it past him all right david i'm gonna let you send them out
0: i would love to send this out dan thompson well, folks, if you like what you hear, please tell a friend. You can follow us on Twitter, at Men for the Win, and find our Men for the Win Facebook page. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to be notified when new episodes are available. And if you could leave us a rating, that'd be great. Thanks so much for listening, and as always, go Twins! That'll wrap up another episode of Men for the Win, a podcast hosted by David Koufis and Dan Thompson, two avid fans who appreciate well-played baseball, especially when it's done by the Twins. Thanks so much for listening, and as always, go Twins!